Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. They put in a nickel and I sing a little song. Well, we put in a nickel, so we want to see what's going to happen tonight. Uh, We are very, very fortunate to have... A lady who has, uh, boy, she has seen her share of uh, music history, and she's nice enough to come on in and share some of it with us. Uh, Melanie. Melanie, Hi. it is a pleasure to have you in the studio Thank with you. us. Thank, Thank you. you very much for joining us. Melanie is doing a Midwest tour. I looked at your schedule, and you hop from um, South Africa to London to Evanston, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's amazing. I want to ask you to pull that microphone a little bit oh. uh, closer to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. My life takes me to odd places and not so odd places, but I'm always uh, in front of different groups of people. When Steve played the first song, "Lay Down uh, Candles in the Rain," and said, "This takes us back over 40 years." What do you think when you hear that song being played? Oh, I think of different things. Sometimes I think about the session itself when um, I was in a room in Oakland, California with Freddie Cretera, the engineer, and 46 of the Edwin Hawkins singers yeah. in the same room. And we did, um, I had the percussionist from uh, Santana. He was in the vocal, the, the, the percussion booth was the toilet. <laughs> they, they mic'd him in the toilet. Gosh. And because we, Peter, my husband, producer, wanted to me to sing with everybody. So it had to be totally live. So to do that, I had to be in, of course, the same room. And just to fit everybody was a challenge. And we, we did it in uh, one take. Wow. Um, when I first approached the Edwin Hawkins singers, they were totally only did religious mm-hmm. songs and they would only sing songs with either Jesus or God. It had to have a, an absolute literal li- reference. It couldn't just be a vague reference. So um, they were on the same record label that I was on. They, I, I asked the uh, president of the label if I could get a message to them because I wrote a song and I hear their voices on it. And he said, Okay, so we, I contacted them. They said, oh, well, if does it have Jesus in it? I went, no, <laughs> but he's in there, you know. <laughs> and no, Spirit. no, sorry, we, we can't. It has to have the Lord or God. And I said, well, um, okay. So I said, just hear the song. So I, I flew to Oakland, California, where they were rehearsing in a school gym. And I went there. And I, I'm, I'm very, I still am pretty shy but um i get over it you know <laughs> but, uh, but uh then i i was it was horrible for me to have to face 46 people who didn't want to sing the song <laughs> but i i was so driven by this vision that i had i i knew that they they had to be the group and it had and i i knew i had to make them love this song so i i went into the gym and with my guitar only mm-hmm. and i didn't play very well um just percussive strumming i sang the song for all it was worth and by the end of the song they were singing the chorus with me wow and we all went over to the studio and recorded it in one take and it was about an eight or so minute mm-hmm. long record mm-hmm. And uh, and that was before FM that, radio, so it's not like yeah. you could put it on the FM side of the dial and play all no, eight minutes. They, they, they didn't want to play it at all no. because it was so long. But yeah. uh, we had a so we had a shortened version. Mm-hmm. But eventually, some radio stations started playing the whole thing because it was so exciting. It just kept growing and growing, and the gospel chorus got louder, and people were ad libbing, and so was I. And it was and it became an anthem. It I mean, was. It yeah. was anthem. I, I really. think back to the yeah, the late '60s, and yeah. that's one of those songs that. It's amazing. People tell me stories about, like you say, where were you? Mm-hmm. There was. Um, one one time I was doing a uh, uh, 
place in Massachusetts, and the whole two first two rows were booked, and the promoter said, these two rows are very special. There's a man who has a story to tell you. So after the show, I, I was seeing these this group. It looked like maybe a husband and wife and some children and some grandchildren or whatever. And uh, after the show, he came back, and he said he was the captain of a helicopter um, company that w- got caught behind enemy lines mm-hmm. in Vietnam and they tr- they had a faint signal of a radio station they knew it was uh, a US station and they were playing lay down and they were playing the 8 minute version yeah and because they played the 8 minute version they they were able to follow the signal and wow. made it back to safety, and the whole the whole helicopter full of guys thanked me, you know. And the children were born, and this firstborn is Melanie. And uh, wow, yeah, they always, I got goosebumps. They always they owed they, they said they owed their life to me. So. Wow, that's wow. You never know where people are gonna, yeah. you know, how yeah. you're gonna soundtrack somebody's life. Did you realize after you recorded it? What a special song it was. I mean, did you know that it was uh, was going to make the charts? Did, did, did you know that you had a hit record? You had a great record. Did you know you had a hit record? No. No, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know what hit was. I, I, um, I had, um, there was one song before uh, Lay Down that was Beautiful People, mm-hmm. and it was what they call a turntable hit because the record company that I was signed to, didn't have any belief in this record at all and they kind of just put it aside i mean they think they serviced a few radio stations but it got picked up by uh wnew fm roscoe and he started playing it and um so that was the only record but it, it, they, they didn't service it in re- uh, record stores so it w- wasn't available mm-hmm. to buy but people were hearing it mm-hmm. And um, so that that was the only other thing I had before candles in the rain. But but I didn't know it. I didn't think I made songs that could be hit records. You know, they were just a little quirky. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't well. Of course, a white girl singing with an all black gospel mm-hmm. choir. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you call that? Actually, I won that year. I won Jazz Singer of the Year at Montreux. What are you going to call this girl? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, I said the other day we were talking about having you on the show, and I said, I think it's unfair, not that it's a bad thing to be labeled a folky, but you were so much more than a folk singer. But well, they you know, didn't know where to put the guitar. Yeah. I did have, have long hair and yeah. bangs and a guitar, and so, eh, folk. Well, you, uh, <laughs> you were, the, in my opinion, you were the, the ultimate flower child. Oh. I mean, you yeah. just... And it's funny because when you walked in tonight, I went, "Yay, she's still a flower child." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't have my three-piece business suit on. No, didn't. <laughs> talk about uh, remember. I remember exactly uh, where I was when I first heard "Lay Down." I was the music director of a radio station, oh. and. Just got it in, and I was. I've, I've always, anytime I've done that, I've always actually listened to everything that came in, and heard the record, and immediately went in and said, "This goes on now." Oh, and uh, really, we were. I was oh. at an FM station. And we wound up playing the eight-minute version. It was oh. WNAP down in Indianapolis. Wow. I guess I didn't realize and, FM stations were taking those kind of chances yeah. then. But and, wow. and uh, we, in fact, I also remember we did a thing. Because uh, our frequency was uh, 93.1. So we did every night, we did the top nine tonight where people voted in. And the eight-minute version was always voted in for about a month and a half. It was voted in the top nine. So we always played the eight-minute version. Aww. So I, I remember a lot about that. We've come full circle then. <laughs> Melanie is with us in the studio tonight. And, yeah, she does have her guitar with her. And we're going to take a quick break and come back. I feel like the time is racing, but we've locked the doors. I've made the brownies, <laughs> and we're going to have some fun. I'm okay alone, but you got something I need. Well, I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That song has been in the jukebox of our minds all day long. <laughs> we played that just before we got off the air. Yeah. 
uh, yesterday about morning. That. <laughs> no. I got to tell you, what a treat to hear Melanie singing with herself. <laughs> and still singing it in the same key, that's too. Right. Yeah, isn't that's that a, something? A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can do it in the same key. Wow. And that's a trick because that, my husband speeded up that record. <laughs> so oh, it's not quite. Really? It's not yeah. quite. It's more in, like a C sharp. It's more like a C sharp, right? Oh, my gosh. What, and that, through, through the magic of uh, uh, advertising, that song is getting known to a whole new generation. Oh, I know. I know. Isn't that amazing? It is fun because last night, Wednesday nights, is our computer show. And we were talking about the fact you're going to be with us tonight. And a listener emailed and said, oh, I can't believe it because the song from the HP printer that you played is my seven-year-old's favorite song. That has been a story I've heard now. So you've got it's this like whole new generation. A whole new growing up generation. That's great. Okay, but i got to take you back to 71 because there I was in high school and I'm, you know, the song would come on the radio and I'd turn it up and sing along to it. And I don't know who started this, but I remember the conversation sitting at the kitchen table when my mother said, Now, I understand that this is a naughty song. I know. That was the nuttiest thing. I, I don't know. know how. It was totally innocent on my part. I, I, I had no thought of referencing anything about kilos or wife-swapping key songs. I mean, it was all kinds. There were, there were certain radio stations that did ban it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. How how Because I, they, I, I, if you are like I was back in the day, and you're saying, but I'm not getting it, that there were those that thought that these were sexual references. And so, so am I right that the brand new key, I sort of put it in the same category as Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> and Paul Stuckey said, it was a song about a dragon named Puff, and he was magic. There yeah. was no drug, no nuts. So same kind of thing. Right, right. It was <laughs> exactly. It was about, uh, I remembered roller skating when I was little, um, lear- learning how to keys. do those things. And we had to have yeah. a key to tighten the skates. Yeah. And um, even when I wrote it, people were still using a roller skate key. Right. We wore them around our neck. Right. On a shoestring. Right. There's a part of it that almost has this kind of a uh, a 30s Betty Boop vibe yeah, to us. Is, I was is that where you were going? Fascinated with that. My mother was a jazz singer, and uh, I grew up listening to all kinds of um, 40s, 50s, Billie Holiday, Betsy Smith, and um, yeah. Betty Boop. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how did you come to write the song? Because this, the, the legend has it, it took you 15 minutes to write. Yeah, that's key. true. And I, I, I always trust the ones that come popping out. Uh-huh. You know, they're, they're given to you by the forces. So, yeah. you know, you better just sing them just the way you got them. So it was uh, so different. Yeah, that yeah. it is. And, and quite honestly, when I first wrote it, it was, um, I, I knew that I was in trouble when my, my husband said, oh, Melanie, that's a hit. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> Not that, you know, if this is a hit, I'm doomed to be cute for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I, here I was very young, you know, I was, uh, and I didn't want to be perceived as little sweet muffin lady, you know. <laughs> I, was, I, wanted, I wanted to be, you know, angry and angstful like the rest of them. <laughs> I didn't, it just didn't happen. You know, I grew up with a, the, the brownie camera. You know, my mother would point the camera and say, smile. I instantly smiled. It stick, stuck, you know. And um, I was a smiler. So uh, the cherubic cute thing just stuck. And that song typecast me. To, and and, and I, I was... I was a reactionary to it almost, you know, it was like, okay, okay, I wrote that song, it was just a quick song, it happened, I'm sorry, I have other songs. (laughs) Um, So you're explaining and justifying constantly, but now I, I, I am amazed that I wrote that song. What a timeless little song that Mm -hmm. is. I mean, that could be played at any time, anywhere. And it has a vintage charm, but it it could have been recorded yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, it was also in Boogie Nights. So. Oh, please, please. <laughs> oh, we have a story about this. Bo the is, movie Boogie Nights. Your Bo son Bo is with you. Is, is here. Well, he was, what were you, about 14 or something when that movie came out? And 
I thought, oh, my song's going to be in a movie. And they had, they they wrote that they wouldn't put it in any um, explicit sex scenes. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll take the boys to go see the movie. I took the whole group. There were like ten of <laughs> Ten little boys. No! Yes. Oops. No. Yes. <laughs> but I, I don't know what I was thinking. I said, oh, I'll take them for popcorn in a movie. And we're all in there. And the and roller skate song comes on. And the Bo roller is girl is... <laughs> and, and the boys are going... <laughs> and I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> And there I was. My voice was on the screen. It was just like I was the roller girl. It was so horrible. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I was just, well, I'm just a cool mom. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, Bo never had any friends after that. (laughs) Al contraire. Can your mom take us to the movie again? wouldn't let him over anymore. And I, I was just checking. That song was on the charts for 18 weeks. Yeah, that was wow. a... That was just... So, I mean, even though I had other records that were hits and other records that were known, and that one just, because of its quirkiness, and, and it, it didn't fit any category. It wasn't, you know, there weren't others like it. So it. And it's also fun that not only was it... On the charts, the top of the charts in the States, but in the UK, in Australia, everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. Canada loved it. (laughs) All over Europe. So it was truly your biggest song. Um, No, (laughs) not not really, because um, in Europe, Beautiful People was one Mm -hmm. of the biggest, and Ruby Tuesday. Yes. Ruby Tuesday was, I didn't write Ruby Tuesday, of course. (laughs) I wish I did, but I didn't. I just just sang it and um i i sang it so shortly after the rolling stones had done it i don't know what i was thinking but i just loved the song and it meant something to me and um so that's why i sang it and i i changed it around quite a bit in fact to the point where uh, um i i got a, a really terrible review and the it was a woman who reviewed this show and she said and and she writes you know she's just tore my writing apart and how silly and ridiculous my lyrics are and um, especially that Ruby Tuesday. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even recognize Vindication. <laughs> especially Ruby Tuesday. Yes, okay, well you just tell old Mick. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> I want to go back to brand new key for a second. Uh, a text just in from a 630 area code. Uh, the I Got a Brand New uh, Pair of Roller Skates song became popular on my dorm floor this past year and unites me and a lot of my best friends. And Truck and Phil, who texts us, wants to know, has Melanie ever done a Christmas or a winter album? Um, a winter album? Mm-hmm. That's a nice idea. Yeah. I have uh, recorded some Christmas songs, and over the years I've just... Again, my husband is a producer, so we'd always be in the studio and always be recording. I don't know where these songs would end up. Maybe some some obscure uh, record label in Germany or something. But you know, I have forty seven or so albums out, and that's the ones we released. And then that doesn't even count the bootlegs and all mm-hmm. of the repackaged, wow. packaged yeah. ones. And but with brand new key, there is a story. You want to hear this story? Yes. Sure. Okay. I was um, I was looking for. I, I would always get sick, so I was looking for my perfect diet. Um, and I became a vegetarian. So I was a vegetarian for about four years. I was every kind of vegetarian. I was the kind that ate eggs. I didn't eat eggs. I ate fish. I didn't eat fish. I was a fruitarian. I even toyed with being a breatharian. Everything. I was. Uh, I was. I was. You know, extreme. And so I. What is a breatharian? You only eat you, air. You don't. You breathe. <laughs> you take your nutrients in from air. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're, oh, they're out there, boy. <laughs> wow. They are. They're out now, there. Now, do you get fries with that? <laughs> you, you stand outside McDonald's and just suck the air. Yeah. 
you, you, yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't do that very long, but I did go on a fast for 27 days oh, yeah. on nothing but water. And I went to a, a, the health farm of Dr. Bernard Jensen, who was considered the father of iridology in this country. That's where they read the little dots in your iris. Mm-hmm. So um, he he spoke with me a lot, and he, he thought a fast would be a very good thing. I'd cleanse and mm-hmm. um, decide what sort of uh, program I should go on. And he himself was a vegetarian, and at the um, toward the end, I was. You do what's called a faster strut. At, as you as you stop, when you go that long without eating, you think you're walking normally, but you're you're actually walking a, a quarter of, of ha- ha- fast. You, you're just okay. barely moving. You're wow. just shuffling along. But I didn't know that, you know. And I thought I was doing really well, and I didn't want to stop the fast. And um, Dr. Jensen said, well, I really think it's time now you stop. And I went, no, 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 I'm just beginning to see God. You know, I have to. And um, no, 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 really, it's time. So he recommended how you break a fast is on maybe a tablespoon of juice and a, a spoon of partially cooked grated carrot or grated cooked zucchini and very very slowly you break the fast and you you ooh, the first thing you put in your mouth makes your your it's like you you turn inside out your mouth goes you know <laughs> the food just does these weird explosive things in your head so i i did that and i was doing it all correctly i went back to where i was living in new jersey and uh, i i was very fond of flea markets you know the four o'clock in the morning flea markets when Mm -hmm. when it was really fun when four o'clock in the morning meant you were a dealer i'd go with my flashlight and say what's your dealer's price (laughs) and so i i would i was doing that and i went to this flea market and i was coming back and Dr. Bernard Jensen said, my perfect diet will occur to me because I was so cleansed, purified, I would know what I was supposed to eat. And he thought that I wasn't a good candidate for vegetarian. He was. He said, you're in a very uh, business that's you need animal substance to hmm. maintain yourself. So I was horrified, you know, because I had all the information about why you should never eat meat and I'd go to Thanksgiving dinners with family and say, I don't eat carcass. <laughs> you know, all of that militant stuff. I was I was very determined, you know. Um, so I, I had broken my fast pretty nicely, and I was going past a McDonald's. And this smell of, oh, that's, oh, Bernard Jensen said that that's what would occur to me. Smells good. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So I went in, and I had the whole combination, the fries, the burger, the fiberglass milkshake, the whole thing. And I I swear this is true. I no sooner finished the last bite, and I that song popped in my head, just popped in. I've got a... It must have been the... I don't know, the smell of the, the... grease or something just reminded me of of being a a kid and roller skating and going down suicide hill and breaking my tooth and riding my bike that first moment when you get on the bike and you realize they're not holding on and i'm all i'm on the bike and i'm holding on i'm doing it you know that whole came back to me and it just came out in that song did you write it on a napkin i didn't write it at all i just kept singing it singing it over and over in my head wow and when i got home i played started playing it on the guitar and peter said that's a hit <laughs> i love that wow. mcdonald's is listening now saying sign this woman for our next i eating hamburgers after that it never worked <laughs> <laughs> melanie is our guest what a treat to have her in the studio getting the story behind the songs that well uh, they legend now the legend continues <laughs> i have visions of people pulling into mcdonald's right now saying i'll take two <laughs> we'll come right back with melanie steve king and johnny putman of wgn radio yes we are in fact 
uh, going to impose on Melody and ask her if she would sing a little bit, but uh, we're going to do that after the news because yes. we've been having too much fun talking. And uh, some of the emails and texts yeah. we're getting are great. For example, from Haley Reinhardt's mom. Haley Reinhardt from, from American, American Idol. Idol. Uh, our choice to win American Idol. Yep. Uh, her mom and aunt are up listening tonight, and they're mm. big fans of Melanie. And she said she hopes someday that maybe Haley could meet and write a song oh, yeah. with Melanie. Cool. Yeah. And you know what? Idea. Out of all the people you, on American Idol, I can see that. Because y- you would love Haley because she's just. She's, she's an old she's soul. She's jazz, mm-hmm. she's rock, she's everything. Yeah. She's when just you good see music. This girl in her early 20s, you say, oh, no, she's channeling uh, yeah, a much yeah. older soul. Yeah. Uh, Mark writes, I'd like Melanie to know that I would never imagine, could never imagine, any artist other than her doing Lay Down Candle in the Rain. The Edwin Hawkins singers are magic, along with a piano and something else showing a great arranger-producer. At the very beginning is a bass slide over a fifth, begun by either its own pluck or a drum tap. Wow. (laughs) Wow, I didn't even know that. Yes. (laughs) And he goes on to say, in fact... You mentioned um, roller skate and C sharp. You followed that email. It was interesting that she mentioned the C sharp and especially the speeding up. I'd always noted the unusual key and found the <laughs> instrumental timbers unusual. And oh, I love this one. One of our listeners says he would go crazy when your music would be interrupted by a DJ who would speak over it. <laughs> and Greg says, Gather Me is one of my few pieces of vinyl that I guard zealously. Aww. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Uh, Douglas on our Facebook site uh, says, listening to Melanie live as I'm watching the weather radar and finishing my manuscript. It's so awesome to hear Melanie talk and great to have a snippet of a uh, brand new roller skate song. Mm-hmm. And I think we may have to try to con Melanie into uh, <laughs> doing a little bit of that live in the studio a little Aww. later, too. <laughs> okay. What a treat to have her in the studio. We should mention that she is uh, on a Midwestern tour. Uh, you're very fortunate if you had a chance to see her uh, in an outdoor concert up in Evanston, but she's back in Evanston on Sunday, August 1st, at Space in Evanston, and we've heard nothing but great yeah. things about Space in Evanston. But let us back up for our friends over in the Valpo area. She's going to be in Valparaiso, Indiana, at the Cornucopia Coffee House on the 30th of July and then uh, at Space in Evanston on August 1st. She's already done Shank Hall up in Milwaukee and the outdoor concert in Evanston and we're just tickled to have her in the Midwest and right here in our studio and she's going to be back with us after the news here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio if you're just joining us because some people get out of work at one o'clock in the morning. You've been missing a whole lot of fun. We are so fortunate to have Melanie in the studio with us. And you have to go to her website, MelanieSafka, S-A-F-K-A dot com. And when you get a chance, read Melanie's blog. Uh, this woman Wonderful is a, stuff. a fantastic yeah. writer. Uh, if, if you forget her last name because she's always been Melanie to you, yeah, you yeah. can <laughs> connect right through from our blog at WGNRadio.com. And you just click on Melanie's name and it will take you to to uh, her website. You, When did you become just Melanie? Was that from the very beginning? That was um, the idea. It, it was not my idea at all. I, I was, I said, you know, we talked to the record man, and he said, Melanie Safka, hmm. He looked at me, you know, because that was kind of ethnic. Mm-hmm. And so um, that, at that point, nobody was using their ethnic last names. You had to change it to Smith or Farrell or something. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, And so he, he just, when the album came out, the cover just said Melanie. And that that's how it, it it stayed, this Melanie. And I was the only Melanie except for the one in Gone with the Wind. So oh, um, I was named after my Ukrainian grandmother, uh, Melania. Uh-huh. And uh, and that's I was just Melanie from then on. And so, it became a very popular name for girls in oh, the seventies. Thanks you to know you, how many people I meet who said. I named my daughter yeah. Melanie, mm-hmm. or um, uh, my mother named me after you. And mm-hmm. I have I love your albums, or uh, 
somebody actually named their daughter Melanie Safka <laughs> in England. Yeah, oh, that's a wow. loyal fan. Yeah, and Melanie. They took the whole thing. So, yeah, her name is Melanie Safka King, <laughs> and uh, she is Steve. The, is there something I should know? <laughs> Oops. Uh, uh, Adina writes, uh, "Awesome to hear Melanie's passion for music and life. Thank you so much for coming to Chicago, Melanie." Oh, thank that's you. from Tina, and uh, what a happy song! A listener writes, "What a happy." song i remember doing a short skit with girl scouts to brand new key i was running around the stage with a huge key while my friend dangerously skated on the stage what great memories love your show and love you melanie thank you for joining thank us. thank you yeah. well we've been having way too much fun yeah. talking with melanie but i think we're going to shut up okay. and uh, uh what would you like to do and and um, bo do you want to uh just hear what your guitar sounds like for a second and... i'm going to do okay. a, a song with bo here right. uh, it's called I tried to die young. <laughs> I tried to die young. Why did I try? But the voice deep inside would not let me succumb. And I laugh, I laugh at the things that I've done when I tried to die young. singing <laughs> i sang two nights in a row and now it's one o'clock in the morning <laughs> i learned how to swim i really can sing guys i really can sing you have to know this believe me i'm not just saying this you know i can sing right? of course you can i can sing, sing. i can really i can I, reach i love this notes. and i love your honesty <laughs> this is one of the things that always came out in your performances it in all the years that we've been doing this melanie is the first person to, to honestly stop and say, hold it, I, I can do this better than this. And <laughs> thank you for doing that. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why you have such loyal fans. Maybe I should speak these lyrics. <laughs> no, you, you should just kick back, amazing. relax, and you're, you're sounding fine. The whirlpool. I thought I'd get sucked in, but I just kept spinning around till I learned how to swim.
never thought I'd become Does it get any better? Asks a little girl in my song I'm still learning the answers So I make up things, you see She laughs, you're still the same And you'll never kill me To die young. I love that. Thank you. I took a razor to the wrist of reality. Wow. <laughs> I love that. What a treat to be able to sit right next to you while you were singing that song. Oh, thank you. And, uh, I have to ask you, how long did that take you to write, and where was the inspiration? Uh, well, is that? I mean, no, was that you know, it, a life? Because in- I had just re- uh, had written a whole lot of new songs. It was a few years ago, and there was a. A record company involved, and and they were, you know, it was going to be like the new comeback of Melanie. I mean, I've had twenty five thousand comebacks. <laughs> they always do that. that. That's a good PR thing, you know. Oh, she's coming back after. I mean, so here I was coming back again, and I. But I was very excited about all the new material. And there was a PR lady in New York, and she sounded just like Joan Rivers. I talked to her on the phone. She said, So, Melanie, I hear you have a new CD. It's really crazy. You know, I heard the CD. and I mean, I heard you had this album out. And I said, Melanie, Melanie, like from Woodstock, Melanie? Oh, I don't do all those old Woodstock people. I mean, <laughs> can she even walk? <laughs> And I'm listening to this woman on the other end of the phone, you know, say, ha, 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 And I thought, but I heard the CD for some crazy reason. I took it out of the garbage and I took it out and I said, okay, so I'll listen. And then I heard, and your son, he's so young and youthful and he's so youthful and the CD is young and it's got, it's so now and young and now. And, you know, when you get to be my age, and I think she was 35. When you get to be my age, you know, it's really. And it's all about young and youthful. And, and she said, what we got to do, we got to connect the dots. So we're going we're gonna to get you a thing on Oprah and a thing on Lifetime. And we'll get you to the party. And we're going to do all this stuff. It's going to be great. We're going to connect the dots. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. And I said, okay, well. So she likes the music. And she's behind it. That sounds good, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um okay, we'll connect dots, and I'll do this. And so I'm waiting for the call, and I got a call. We got a call, a good morning show in Idaho. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay. And then another good morning show, some in Atlanta. Good morning, good morning. You know those good morning shows where the, the only requirement that the two host and hostess have to have is that they, they're not supposed to know anything. <laughs> they're just not supposed to know anything. You're completely clueless. So, Melanie, we heard you have a new CD. For the people in our audience, Melanie was at Woodstock. And and this is her. Yes, you remember that cute song about the roller skates? Do a little bit of that song, Melanie. And I was like, no, no, I want to do my new songs. Come on, come on. And, you know, and it was on and on like this. And so I finally called the PR lady and I said, um, any news on Oprah? <laughs> She said, oh, Melanie, you got to come to New York. We got to talk. And so I went to New York and we had a conversation that went like this. So, Melanie, I don't know what to tell you. It's all about the industry. It's so different now. All they want to know is 
you know, young. If you ha- it's all about youth and young and young and youthful. And Melanie, you're old. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm, I'm, what do I do with that? I mean, oh my God, you know, I forgot. I forgot. You know, I was busy. When you're busy, time goes and you just, and what, I mean, so I got into this real funk, you know, I mean, this was my big moment. Everything was gonna, everybody was gonna hear these songs and it was gonna be great. Here I am, you know, I, oh, old. So, um, and I thought, what do we do? What do we do? I mean, I don't liposuction, fishnet stockings. I don't know. I mean, look at Cher. Okay. I don't know. I'll do something. So, but then, you know, and I kept thinking, oh God, I'm old. Oh my God. I forgot. I, I was busy. Uh, what do I do? And I kind of went into this weird agreement with that, you know, and then I thought, well, of course I'm old. I, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to keep growing and getting better. And and that's what I was doing. I was doing all the right things. I'm growing. I'm getting better. And I'm getting older. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. The alternative isn't great. You know, so that's what I'm doing. So um, in with that thinking, with this no, and I called her and I said, you know, and I'm not going to tell you her name. I, lady, you're fired. <laughs> and anyway, you know, I tried to die young. <laughs> and I wrote that song. Oh. So, oh. That wonderful. There's a lesson for everyone in that. <laughs> yeah. I'm teary now. I know. I know. You're so good. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Have you ever, ever done any acting? Uh, you know, I went to acting school. That was I was going to be an actress. Because I didn't know how you, a person could possibly sing songs for a living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, then it was very, you know, it wasn't like there weren't shows and contests. And, not that I would have done that anyway, mm-hmm. because I was very introverted and shy. I really wanted to be in the Peace Corps. And um, my father wouldn't have it. <laughs> so he wanted me to, to keep going to school. He was okay I, with showbiz, though? Hmm? Your dad was okay with showbiz. I mean, not really. No, no. Oh no. Teacher? He, did he envision you as maybe a nurse or a teacher? Or? Uh, I, I think he envisioned me marrying a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that's sort of okay. his, his dream, you know. But yeah. um, you know, uh, he he uh, wanted me to continue with education, uh-huh. and I had had it. I mean, I, I actually I ran away from home. When I was uh, just before uh, graduating high school, because my father was so set uh, that I was going to go to college, and I thought, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> Even mm-hmm. though I wanted to be an archaeologist, and I thought it'll be rough without me going to college, but um, I thought the Peace Corps, you know, I'll do the Peace Corps. I don't know what I was going to do. I wasn't going to build a bridge, you know. I could, I could sing a song. I thought a singing Peace Corps person. I don't know. <laughs> so. Um, I did. I was, you know, I was all into let the forces be with me, and I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And, um, my father had a different agenda, so he said uh, I ran away from home. I w- but I didn't just run. I flew. <laughs> I ran to an airport. I t- I took um, every penny that I could accumulate, and I. Uh, got myself a ticket to Los Angeles. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I was just going to run. I was just going to run. So I, I left that house that morning, went to um, California. I was on a plane. This is an odd irony. I was on a plane with an actor, and it turned out this actor's name was Robert Ridgely, who was in Gallant Men. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't. I vaguely recognized him. I didn't really. And um, I had. He had a, a guitar with him, and he took it down from the overhead, and um, he started playing. I was sitting right next to him, and then I started playing, oh. and we were playing the guitar in the in the airplane. And um, he had. He was talking to me, and he said, "What's your name?" I said, "Eve Dane." <laughs> Eve Dane. Eve Dane was my made-up name. Uh-huh. Oh, it's ridiculous a name. <laughs> Eve Dane. That's who I was. And so um, he said, "Oh, Eve, how old are you?" Eighteen. <laughs> and I was, you know, sixteen. But um, mm-hmm. I said I was eighteen. He said, "Oh, I see. You're going. You know where you're going when you get to L.A." I said, "Oh, yeah, staying with friends." 
And um, he said, oh, good. You know, I, I sensed he didn't quite believe me. Oh. So I'm, I was in the airport. When we landed, I, I was making telephone calls because somebody had given me a name of somebody who knew somebody. So I was making phone calls at the, at the telephone booth in the airport. And he, he passed by me. He said, you don't really know where you're going. I said, no. <laughs> he said, I have a friend who runs the Hollywood Studio Club for girls. <gasps> and I'll, I'll get you in. It's for young actresses. But you have to be recommended by a working actor. And so he took me in his limo to the Hollywood Studio Club for girls and brought me there. And it, it, it turned out horrible anyway but I, I was safe for a while and yeah. uh, my father of course there was no you know internet no cell phone yeah. it was all very slow a slow process so my my father found out that um i was in a girl's detention home <laughs> <laughs> in la in la Oops. <laughs> i was never happier to see my father oh. and but it turned out that robert ridgely was in Boogie Nights. Oh my god. He played wow. that sleazy uh Oh my ver- gosh. And do you believe that? Wow. And I never Weird. ever caught up with him ever. And in the You credits, lost all contact with him after he dropped you off. That's it. Wow. wow. And he he was in that movie and the credit after the, the movie was over the credit read it dedicated to Robert Ridgely and it had his birth and death. Oh year. my God! Oh boy. So it was, it was just such a strange irony that that yeah. song was in that movie, and Robert Ridgely was in that, and it was a very good part for him. It's amazing. I think it was one of his, you know, most uh, visual mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. comeback parts. You know, so that is. That's another goosebump moment yeah. with Melanie. I, I have to to quickly just before we take a break. I have to quickly share some of the things that are coming in. Uh, from our Facebook page, uh, Mike uh, posts, absolutely loving the show. Uh, Melanie, for sure, a big part of our musical lives. Uh, Christina posts, poor Melanie, too funny, makes me think of my guitar lesson today. <laughs> I was tired, and at the end, I suddenly couldn't play for the life of me. My instructor kind of laughed and said that it happens. Now I believe it, but Melanie recovered. Wow, you go, girl. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Brian says, in 1969, I burned out my first Melanie LP as she made me feel happy just listening to her sing anything. Thanks to all three of you, Steve, Johnny, and Melanie, for the trip. P.S. Johnny's smile looks like Melanie's voice. A happy kid. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and come back with Melanie with us in studio. And if you're in Valparaiso, you can see her on Saturday and on Sunday up in Evanston at Space in Evanston. Stay with us on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Melanie is in the studio with us. And yeah, that was Melanie rapping. <laughs> and, uh, this is we should uh, blatant plug the blatant plug mirror ball at the uh, on our ceiling has started flashing, and Melanie has a brand new album out. It's called Ever Since You Never Heard of Me. <laughs> and I love that title. And people can get this through your website. Yes, please. <laughs> and when they come out to see you performing? And when they come to see me, yes. Mm-hmm. So okay. far, that's those are the only good ways. There, there are some bad ways, but don't, don't do <laughs> that's that. right. Get them the legitimate <laughs> way. You, you, we need to have some friends uh, show you how to make it available on iTunes and stuff like that. Well, you could... somebody who doesn't have the right to do it has a, a before it was mastered and out oh. of sequence, and they released it. On iTunes, oh, no. and I have to get a lawyer to stop them and everything. So, oh, don't buy that one. Buy, yeah. buy the real one. So, go to Melanie's website. And <laughs> listeners are enjoying going back in the Wayback Machine. <laughs> way back okay. machine. In fact, Barbara on our Facebook uh, site posted, "What a great interview! Going to check out Melanie's blog. Melanie, write the book." Amen. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You really, that's. I feel like I have a story now to tell. I started writing it as, when Peter passed away six months ago. I started writing the story because Peter would always say, "Melanie, write your story. Write yeah. your story." In fact, when we went on the road, he gave me a, a leather-bound blank book, and he said, I'm, "You're going to write it on this tour. You're going to write the story." 
the night after he passed away, I woke up and I thought, I have to write this story. And I opened the book and I just started writing. And the first line is, sometimes you don't know it's a story until it has an end. Oh. And that was that's oh. how it begins, because it's yeah. really the story of Peter. He was so completely dedicated to my music and and just letting me be able to keep creating with integrity because the industry is (laughs) I mean every record company president wanted to superimpose the sound of my voice on the next new raging hit thing Mm -hmm. to do and you know he saved me from all of that because he just allowed me to continue with all his craziness and everything but that's what his his goal was is to and Bo and I just grew up in this we grew all grew up together Peter me Bo my other children Layla Jordy we we were just a a meeting of artists you know Mm -hmm. we just created and and now we're just continuing and I the wet when I feel Peter is with me is when I'm singing Mm-hmm. on stage yeah. well then why don't we shut up and let you sing <laughs> well what should I sing again I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth <laughs> two nights in a row and late nights and now back should I do that song angel yeah, yeah, there's an angel watching over you there's an angel watching over you In my daytime Having my time too There's an angel watching over you There is a thread That joins each to the other Brother to the sister Sister to the brother There's a thread, yeah That joins each to the other And it's almost like being in love there's an angel watching over you. There's an angel watching over you. In the daytime, every nighttime too. There's an angel watching over you. on Melanie's newest CD. Yes, it is. Yeah. Ever since you never heard of me. <laughs> so uh, one of our listeners from a 773 area code said, uh, could Melanie talk about her sessions with Jimmy Page? <laughs> I love that look. <laughs> Were you there then? I don't know. What sessions with Jimmy Page? I don't know. Oh, gosh, am I forgetting something important? (laughs) There should be a song in this, though. (laughs) My Sessions with Jimmy Page. Okay, let me do this, Uh, because maybe they're thinking of uh, somebody else. Let me just do a little word association. I'm going to throw out names. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh Uh-oh. Okay? (laughs) Okay. At 1.40 in the morning. (laughs) Hendrix. A plane ride. I, I flew back from London after we did the Isle of Wight. It was his last, one of his last shows, and we we shared. Um, we we were sitting next to each other on the plane, first class, and and that, at that time it was a, you know, a very um, them against us mentality in the world. You know where, you know we were the hippies and oh, yeah. the businessmen on the plane were like getting drunker and drunker and starting to throw. Uh, Peanuts. No, yeah, peanuts. remarks and oh, okay. making little remarks. Mm. And um, it, it started to get nasty. And I was ready to go back well, and you, yell at uh, them. Uh, and Jimi Hendrix said, don't bother. 
Yeah. Also, you're a white woman sitting there with a black, black man. Yeah. Right, so that sure. was that also was aggravating yeah. for some people. Yeah. So, um, yes, but he was, uh, he was, was talking about, we were talking about Appalachian music and how he was really influenced by mountain music, Appalachian music. Well, you can hear it in his wow. chord changes. Yeah. yeah, totally. He's so young, too. Wow. Okay, word association, uh, Janice Joplin. Didn't meet her, but I saw her at the Eighth Wonder. It was a, a club. A BB King was playing there that night, and Janis Joplin. And uh, I was there. I, I I think I sat in with BB King and sang something. <laughs> and um, and I remember her. She was a huge star. And and but I was very shy. You know, I didn't never walk up to people and say, "Hey, it's a photo op." You know. <laughs> um, and so so I I remember her walking out into the night all by herself after she had sung and hailing a cab. And I I sensed. I sensed such a loneliness, you know? Yeah. I could feel that. Happy. Happy. Happy? Yeah, just happy. What comes to mind? Oh, happy. I, oh, it wasn't a person. I was no. <laughs> happy, happy. Who do I know? Happy, happy, happy Gilmore. Happy. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, happy. Um, yeah. Eh. <laughs> I think when you okay. Not right now, thank you. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> We're thoughtful, so not maybe happy. In the morning, maybe in the morning. Well, you're making me happy. I have, I'm selfishly. That's I'm thinking, my job. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You mentioned uh, recording Ruby Tuesday, which was such a big uh, tune yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have the occasion to talk with Jagger after that? No, I have. A, I have a photo of. Um, Mick Jagger wearing this huge button. It was the age of buttons. Oh, yeah. And he had a button this big, and it said, Here are Melanie's Ruby Tuesday any day. Really? (laughs) Yeah. We have a photo of that. But I, no, I I went to um, uh, one of their after show parties, but again, I. I was so shy. Somebody would have had to put me in front of them and say, this is Melanie. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I went to the nearest corner and sat there. And I, I, I bet he had his eye on you. Oh, I yeah, bet. I, yeah. I, never, I never even, I always thought that I was just awkward. Oh, my <laughs> No, I look at pictures now. I think, wow, what was I thinking? <laughs> do, you but, re- do you remember the first time you heard one of your records on the radio. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. It was Beautiful People, and it was completely unexpected because I didn't even know the radio station had it. Again, it was mm. a turntable hit. The record company, did, it was Columbia Records at that time. CBS did not believe in this record at all. I was signed by one um, one regime and then there was almost a coup <laughs> and all of a sudden it was lawyers that took over you know the the, the it was it really was mm-hmm. it was one point it was the A&R department was or John Hammond, who was a musician, uh-huh. and he knew what music was. He knew what composition was. He knew what made beautiful music or good music and uh, then all of a sudden it was lawyers and they had inherited me at CBS, and they did not see it. And so they just shelved it. But the radio stations had gotten it, mm-hmm. and they kept playing it and playing it. So it, it was one of my biggest uh, well-known songs at th- that time. And But it, it wasn't for sale, so you couldn't buy it. All the signs led to dreams coming true. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Melanie is in the studio with us. This is Kiss from the Heart. Kiss from the Heart, yeah. It's really beautiful. It's a beautiful production. Bo and Peter produced this together. 
He Bo sings on this one too. Oh, well, we've mentioned your son Bo. Yeah, so say Bo, something, Bo. Say something, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> Bo waves. Bo waves at the camera. <laughs> Bo is an awesome guitarist. He's oh, playing yes. a gorgeous Amazing. golden guitar. So you and Bo, uh, now Bo traveled with you over to Europe for your yeah, show. Yeah, we we always we've been traveling since. Um, I lost my guitar player because he was at some I don't know, religious retreat somewhere, and he didn't come back in time. And I had a show in New York, and there were three songs I needed backup on. I said, I can do the rest without it. So, Bo, do you think you can... Because I knew he had been playing a little bit. I really didn't know how well he he would do. And so Bo said, yeah, I think so. And we went over three songs, and I wow, you sound really good. I, how did you learn how to do that? <laughs> and and so he went on, the, on stage with me that night, and I said, why do I need this other guy? You're great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, Ever since then, we've been on the road. It's cool traveling with family too, it isn't is it? It's really, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. He watches out for you, yeah. and you watch out for him. And well, you mentioned uh, a listener picked up on the fact you mentioned a daughter whose name is Layla. Any Clapton moments in your career? I mean, uh, is that who you named her after? No, I, I worked with George Terry, who worked with with Eric Clapton, but I I don't have a direct uh, relationship with him, but. We um we recorded an album in Miami, which you know mm-hmm. Eric Clapton recorded that album mm-hmm. with the house and the mm-hmm. that was the Miami album. But uh, no, Layla was um, my name means darkness dressed in black, and Layla means dark as the night. Really? Yeah. So I just I picked it for that reason. No, I, it had nothing to do with the song. Uh, I spell it differently, but um, I did have Layla on my birth tape when I was doing Lamas breathing. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so it was, and I had to have you know something to uh-huh. distract me. So I had a birth tape, hours and hours of music, and mm-hmm. and it was on. And both of the girls are musicians too. Yeah, they both play. Jordy is uh, sings out in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and Layla is in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. No, uh, that's where I was living before, and now I'm just deciding what to do. No, you're a troubadour. No, I am. Gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, people can get the album. They can go to uh, your website. They can uh, link to your website from our website. Before we let you out of here, and maybe we can beat the storms to get you on the road before the storms, just a teeny tiny bit of brand new Keith Roller Skate song. Okay. Just you a little bit. Do that. Yeah, just a tiny <laughs> bit. I, I don't want to be one of those, those dreadful morning show <laughs> hosts. <laughs> okay, let's see what happens. This has had that incredible little yodel in the beginning. <laughs> my bicycle past your window last night I roller skated to your door at daylight it almost seems like you're avoiding me I'm okay alone but you got something I need well everybody sing <laughs> You got a brand new key I think that we should get together Try the mount you see I've been looking around the way You got something for me Yeah, the background vocal part. <laughs> Thank you. My husband put this background vocal part on there. Drove me out of my mind. I couldn't believe he did this to me. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's just been such a treat to meet you and... Uh, uh, I I said off the air, sometimes you have these moments when people say to you, I grew up listening to you. When I was listening to your music, I wanted to look like Melanie. I just thought you were the coolest. So to be able to sit here next year is just like, it's a pinch me moment for me. I wore my hair the same bangs, you know. It's just like, oh, I thought you just had the best. It was a a great life that you you were living. And and I know you have more and more stories to tell. We're only going to let you out of here if you promise you will come back. 
Oh, definitely. Good. Thank you. Good. You found a new home on the radio Thank with us. You. Okay. New home on the radio. Okay. <laughs> and you can see Melanie on Saturday. She's going to be uh, in Valparaiso, Indiana, and uh, she is going to be at the Cornucopia Coffee House in Valpo. You can check her website and get details on that. And then off on Sunday, chill out a little bit. And then on Monday, August 1st at the Evanston Space uh, up in Evanston, Illinois, just a perfect location to see Melanie and just the Shank Hall was a great location to see Melanie. Yeah, it, she really great sound. Yeah, really yeah. great sound. And I think you're going to like Space in Evanston too. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. Was What's great. your favorite place to play? Do you like to play uh, uh, the big auditoriums or small intimate rooms or but what? What's? I'll tell you, the hardest thing to do is to sit in a living room and sing. Really, like a house concert, like a house concert yeah. thing. Yeah, but um, I I love beautiful halls. You know where the lights go down and and I envision this beautiful space with humanity in front of me <laughs> and then and then sometimes the festival is great because it's a whole different kind of you you put your voice out there and it's it's just it's bouncing around in a field and there are people doing things that have nothing to do with your music you know they you know or carrying a jug of water somewhere and and it's all this distraction but it's it's that's a whole other kind of um audience i i I like all of it i really do and i like intimate intimate little clubs sometimes you're just in a a cool space like shank hall was that Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. space you know where people are really listening and and to every word and you could hear a pin drop and the sound is great i love the good sound that's the important yeah Yeah. Yeah. the most important thing is if you hear yourself the way you hear yourself Mm -hmm. then it's all good right you get in the moment Yeah. yeah Well, Bo, it's been a pleasure to meet you, too. Oh, Thank you for too. coming by. It's an honor. Thank you. Uh, th- Thank you, guys. Uh, this has been such a treat. Uh, and, uh, again, as, as Johnny said, uh, please consider this uh, one of your new homes. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Melanie. I'll be back.